0: Welcome to the Health Tech Podcast. Here we talk about everything healthcare and technology, and I'm your host, James Someru. Hey everybody, this week I'm joined by Arturo Sanchez, and he's the founder and CEO of Sofia, a Mexican competitor to the European digital health platforms, and they are taking aim at the Mexican health insurance and primary care sectors. So, you may not know, but in the 65 billion US dollar Mexican healthcare sector, 91% of private spending is paid out of pocket by people, so too many people forced to pay extraordinary costs for healthcare, putting pressures on uh, access to primary care services. So Arturo and his team are hoping to change that with a brand new digital service, bringing patient care to them at lower cost. So plenty to enjoy in this episode. So Arturo, welcome to the Health Tech Podcast. How are you doing, mate? I was going to say this afternoon, but it's obviously this morning for you.
1: (laughs) Uh, Thanks, James. I'm fine.
0: Uh, Thank you very much. How are you? (laughs) I'm very well, thank you. It's, uh, it's, it's unfortunately nowhere near as sunny and warm as it looks where you are. Whereabouts are you speaking to us from today?
1: Uh, uh, I'm in Mexico City, that's uh, where I'm based and uh, that's where the company, Sophia is based as well.
0: Amazing, amazing, very cool. So the way that we start these podcasts is we get you to tell your story and so I suppose starting wherever your story begins, Arturo, just let us know a bit about your background and how you got to where you are.
1: Uh, sure, James. Uh, so I'm um, Mexican. I grew up in Mexico uh, all the way through through college. I did a university here. Uh, I did applied mathematics at a university called Vietnam, which is a technical university here in Mexico, which is, a, a, I would say, one of the leading universities in Mexico, but obviously I'm biased. Of course you would say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and. and Uh, after university i I literally wasn't sure actually picking my major at university i wasn't sure what i wanted to do in life so i picked mathematics because i I was good at it and and it it, like i was told i could do a lot of different things with that after that um and and yeah it as it turned out that that that's That's true. Um, After university, I still didn't know what I wanted to do, so I uh, joined a small uh, consultancy firm, uh, actually uh, headed by one of my university professors, uh, which specialized in data analytics and statistics. Um, So so I got to use a lot of that quantitative background in in the real world then for the first time. I worked there for about a year and a half and and then i uh applied and got into a master's degree uh, uh, at ucl i joined uh, or i did a, a program called uh, computational statistics and machine learning um which is um sounds fancier than, <laughs> than well, it that, is, sound, that sounds
0: extremely intimidating to someone like me <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh it has a long name, <laughs> but I think the name reflects a really cool aspect of that program, which is it's taught between computer science, statistics, and the Gatsby Neuroscience Unit at UCL. So it's, very it's cool. a very, very interdisciplinary program, which I think was the the thing that attracted me to that that particular program. So so
0: it's paired um, with neuroscience.
1: Uh, yes, so, so the, these, uh, the Gatley wow. Neuroscience uh, Lab is is a computational neuroscience um, uh, like outfit uh, from UCL, and they do really really cool stuff. And actually, uh, if you look at uh, a bunch of the folks that are now at DeepMind, they they have connections to to uh, that unit. It's actually very physically very closely located to where DeepMind. Yes. Ah, so interesting. That, that, so, so, yeah, like uh, there's a connection uh, there. And a lot of the, the stuff they do is in, in uh, modeling uh, or, or uh, thinking about machine learning from a, ne- uh, like a neuroscience perspective. So a lot of uh, neurons modeling uh, and mathematical models of the brain and wow. all that. Uh, Actually, yeah, the the course I took there was by far the the hardest of the (laughs) (laughs) courses. It doesn't sound like you Uh, regretted
0: it, though. It sounds like it sounds like an awesome degree.
1: Yeah, no, I I do not regret it at all. It's it's a great degree. Uh, I'm very happy I did it. Uh, But after the degree, um, I stayed in the UK. I I liked the weather.
0: (laughs) You liked uh, the weather. Wow. Goodness. (laughs) You're a masochist um, if you like the weather here, honestly. <laughs>
1: um, no, I, I love London. I love uh, living there. Um, so I looked for a job. I, I got an internship at a startup uh, called uh, Sunkick. uh It was a startup back then. And um, I, I think that was my first uh, like uh, real interaction with uh, technology in a professional setting sure. um, before I always loved technology, gadgets, apps, and all the like. But then uh, during that internship, I, I started working actually in technology. Um, and that ties back to how I ended up uh, starting Sophia in a little bit. But uh, I did my internship. I l- love it there. So then I, I got a job at YouGov, the, the uh, public opinion company. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that was really great. I, I remember... I was deciding between YouGov and a gaming company because I I was fortunate enough to have two offers then. Wow. Um, uh, And uh, the the thing that caught me or or that caught my attention was that uh, the the motto of the company was what the world thinks. And I Mm. thought that's a really cool thing to be working on. Um, (laughs) So I joined YouGov and uh, really enjoyed my time there. And, and then it was a, actually an accident, sort of, or, or like a serendipitous uh, moment, uh, kind of dragged me or, or uh, put me on a path of more tech uh, centric uh, career. Uh, I, one of the people uh, that worked with uh, I worked with at at Songkick mentioned uh, my name to one of their investors when they w- were looking for someone with a quantitative background. Um,
0: (laughs) Certainly have that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So so, uh, resulting from that, I ended up talking to the folks at Index Ventures and joining uh, Index uh, uh, in their London office. Index is a global, uh, VC, multi-stage. They invest uh, anything like from very early on to, you know, like big companies our big startups. Um, so I joined their London team uh, and uh, worked there for uh, three years and a half, a little bit more. And, and I think through that was like really my, uh, my plugging into tech as such. Mm. And um, my, my rationale for joining them uh, or joining Index was that at some point I'd like to create a startup or to create a company. And I thought, what better training ground than looking at thousands of startups and looking what what makes them successful or, or what uh, what are common pitfalls and uh, just uh, being there from the observer seat uh, and um, yeah like that was an amazing experience I learned a ton uh, and uh, I think it really big there gave me the confidence to actually go and create a company because I got to interact with a lot of folks that create, uh, create uh, have created uh, great companies and you realize that at the end of the day, they're just people that uh, like, are there to start the company, yeah. uh, not superhumans in any way. It certainly wasn't a, a, any kind of superhuman, so that yeah. gave me the, the, the confidence. Well, it's, so, it's
0: so interesting, man, because I... Well, first first of all, yeah, I mean, if you're going to go to a VC, I mean, Index Ventures, geez, I mean, you know, investors in Big Health who do Sleepio and Daylight, they invested in Cree or Livy, as, as it's known, like, I mean, huge, huge investment, I mean, incredible investments, these guys, I mean, their portfolio is absolutely enormous all around the world, it's it's one heck of a VC, So to join them and then be at the layer that you're critiquing those startups as well. Like You've got to critically think about those startups. And so not only are you exposed to all of those companies, but you end up really critiquing the idea, critiquing the team, critiquing the way that they're going about things, all the different areas of of what the company does. And I, I agree with you because... On a, on a, to a lesser extent I suppose you know I ran accelerators and that's what we did everybody would always ask you for advice if they weren't part of the accelerator everybody was trying to apply to the accelerator so you ended up reviewing so many decks meeting so many people always with that critical eye and I think that's the difference is that you, would, you were taught never to get excited almost you were taught to find the flaws in it so that you could help make them better or indeed if they were a portfolio company or indeed to accept or reject them based on so many things and so I suppose as a VC, what I won't have got, which you will have got as well was I suppose the financial learning of how to actually model these things out and how to actually look at it from that financial element as well, which is suited, you know, all of that put together puts you really in the driving seat to be a founder. And like you say, founders are just humans they're just people they're just people too and I think people with uh, with with less exciting names of degrees than computational statistics <laughs> and machine learning will have founded companies um, <laughs> me being one of them <laughs> medicine definitely not as exciting but um <laughs> yeah it, it I, no I, li- I like that as a move and I think just for just for the people listening like I just think that To to be an associate of VC firm or to try and rise the ranks a little bit, and to it's or to be at at an accelerator, I, I do think that if you're one of these people, possibly like me, that you know didn't have the killer idea or didn't have the inclination straight out of uni or anything like that to 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 really start a tech company or anything like that, being at that layer that allowed me to critique startups was just so important for me to just find my feet and my confidence and figure out where my path was actually going to go so yeah love that
1: yeah yeah no no definitely i I totally agree with that and the the other thing that happens when you're at a VC uh phone that you you get to talk to to people doing things actually is that whenever you come across someone that that is uh, doing uh, or or building a company and and things are working you, you start questioning why am I not doing that? Why am I on this side of the table? (laughs) Right.
0: Been there. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I
1: I think that was uh, something that that happened to me. Like like I, I I got the the, the driver, like got the motivation from uh, these people that were doing things to, to go on and do something myself. And, Mm. um, as you mentioned, Index has a bunch of uh, exposure to uh, health tech companies, Alan, uh, uh, Cree included, uh, and together with my two other co-founders, uh, I'll give you a bit of background on them. Um, so they are also. I, I met them at uni, and they went on to have uh, similar careers to to mine in that they went abroad to do a master's degree. They also did. Something around machine learning and statistics. Um, they went uh, instead of to the UK, they went to the US um, and they stayed working in, in San Francisco or the Bay Area in technology, one at Google, the other at, P- at Patreon. Uh, so the three of us were good
0: friends and we were immersed in the world of technology um i'm just thinking how this must look on your deck right like google (laughs) patreon and index ventures (laughs) it just it just must look incredible when you're going for your round like oh that's great
1: yeah no it 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 did help but i'll I'll tell you we were when we set out to raise funds we were in a in the other extreme of of, uh hard mode uh, yeah uh, capital raising, and I'll get into that in a bit. <laughs> um, so um, the, the three of us talked, what could we do if we were going to go back to Mexico? Like we, we missed Mexico. We wanted to, to come back. Um, we were, the, the technology industry, at least at that time, wasn't as developed. So, so there weren't many places that we wanted to go and join. Um, so, so we always ended up talking about uh, ideas that we could pursue, or businesses, or whatever. Um, and at one point, uh, with the Allen context of indexing that investment, and and the, um, the m- m- my two co-founders like uh, heard that used Lemonade in the U.S. and and saw so how, how that insurance uh, like experience could be uh, totally. Redesign and uh, thought from from uh, technology angle and and uh, it ends up being a much much better user experience. Um, we we had that in in kind of our minds and and then something happened like like one of us had like um a healthcare condition in the family. So so his dad uh, got ill and and uh, he got to experience uh, how the process was like, like yeah and for for these, I'll, I'll, I'll go into a bit of context of how Mexico and the Mexican healthcare system works. Um, these, uh, my friend's uh, dad, like, have a very good private insurance, so he, it wasn't really a matter of, of him not being covered, uh, so he had that, but even then, it was a super stressful process to just do mm-hmm. the, all the paperwork and yeah. uh, to, to handle that. Um while uh, well, well, while you're at the same time that, that you're dealing with a with a health condition you have to do all that like bureaucracy even when you're covered uh, so uh, our, our thinking was like there must be something uh, that, that we can do to fix that and to create a very better user experience so that I think that's part the, the idea and we started researching uh, the healthcare system and uh, how, how it interacts with insurance and uh, just ha- how, how it works because uh, something that that's lacking in our backgrounds or, or something that I didn't touch on our, on our backgrounds is a healthcare experience and b in this uh, insurance experience. Yeah.
0: Um, but, I, but I love that though. I, I, I kind of like that you, you just had to <laughs> Google how it works. <laughs> like that's amazing. Like, but it's, it's so true. Like if you get, if, You need complementary skills in a startup team, right? You can't have everything. And whilst you know having a clinician on board would have given you something or someone from the healthcare industry, end of the day, if you guys have got the expertise to actually build the thing, that's the most important. And if it's information that you can get just by asking around, then ask around and ask around for you know twenty of the twenty-four hours a day, and or yeah, well get eight hours of sleep. But then you know it's like I I, I don't know. it, it's not insurmountable to f- to find out how the healthcare system works. That's not a huge problem that you need to solve. It's more like building the technologies more, You know, that's a that's a problem that you really need to solve uh, with with the expertise in house. But no, I I think that's awesome that you just googled how it works.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, and, and I, although I do agree with with that, that that the, the technology is super important. One thing that uh, we also recognize was that we're numbers guys so, yeah. so the in, the insurance part is a numbers game so we probably can figure it out and, and fair you know, not not <laughs> yeah. mess too badly on that one yeah but, i think uh, you back
0: yourselves there to be honest yeah i can believe that
1: but on the clinical side like we we're, we don't know how to play a, a band-aid or anything like, sure like, we're, we're, <laughs> uh so, so actually the, the first uh, person to join us was a clinician uh,
0: um nice and, and a medical doctor and so you googled he, it enough to realize that you needed a clinician on board so at least exactly. you did the initial <laughs> exactly there you go
1: yeah no no actually that's a a very important part of, of how we think about uh, building things like the mm. clinician and just the actual um medical care delivery is is deeply ingrained in how we think about mm. the solutions that we build. Um, so and, but coming back to the the context of the Mexican system and the problem that we're solving. Yeah. Um, so we, we started at the kind of user experience layer and we thought that can be interesting. We imagine an app and that that will make everything nicer and easier and more streamlined and all and whatnot. But uh, when we started researching, we discovered like a deeper uh, kind of more profound problem to be fixed. And that is that unlike my, my friend, that a lot of people in Mexico don't have a coverage uh, or medical coverage. Um, okay. So to, to paint a parallel with, with the, how the NHS works mm. uh, in the UK, there, there's a state-provided healthcare care uh, system. And something like uh, 70% of people have access to that, uh, but not everyone has access to that. Um, and crucially, it's it tied to your employment. So if you're a full-time employed, you have that, but if you don't, uh, then you're, you're out of luck. Uh, they're making some changes uh, to, to that and they're theoretically expanding the coverage. Um, but the, the other thing, uh, which is unlike the NHS is that um, uh, the the experience or, or the uh, quality uh, for, for mm, let's say mild to to medium uh, severeness illness uh, is not great. Uh, like I, I love the NHS. Uh, I used it a couple of times when I, w- I was living in the UK, and it's brilliant. Uh, I think. Some I've heard complaints that, they, you know, sometimes it takes too long to get a, an appointment or, or whatnot. But uh, fundamentally, I think it, it works. Uh, in contrast, to, uh, or to put that in contrast with the Mexican system, uh, uh, the, the waiting times are a much, much, much uh, more serious uh, problem here. Mm-hmm. So uh, what happens is that a lot of people that in theory are covered End up uh, just uh, going uh, seeking assistance or, or care out of out of pocket or okay. outside the system. Um, so to paint numbers, then roughly half the or approximately half the the healthcare spend in the country is uh, private and half is public. So that half uh, that system uh, represents half of what is spent in healthcare, mm-hmm. but the other half is private. And of the private part, 90%, percent nine zero, 0 uh, comes out of pocket. Wow. So that's that's a lot of, uh, or that represents a lot of uh, cases of people uh, that might be covered or might not be covered, but at the end of the day, they're paying out of pocket right. to get medical care.
0: Which creates so, a market.
1: Exactly. Like, it's not an optional product that, that, you can opt out of not buying. It's healthier. Like, like at the end of the day, if you, yeah. you, you're needed, you're gonna find a way to pay it. But it's done in such a way that that is so inefficient, puts the financial stability of, of the folks at risk very frequently. Um, so that that's kind of the problem that we actually set out to, to solve or, or to tackle. Not not. Not at the core, the user experience, which was uh, what we started with, and that's something that we do think it's it's critical and crucial Mm -hmm. to solve the problem. But the root problem that we're trying to solve, or that we're trying to make better at least, is uh, the problem of access to to healthcare uh, in a planned and, and predictable way, as opposed to just like getting a random huge bill that you weren't planning to get. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, being the magnitude of the problem, it was easy to, to just like take the leap and, and decide the three of us would move back to Mexico and work on this. Wow. Um, so so <laughs> that's been a, a long uh, answer to, to the question <laughs> of how, how did Sofia start this?
0: that's cool man so what did you what did you build first of all then How, i imagine that you guys were just keen to get stuck in and build something so yeah talk to me about what you've built
1: uh sure uh, so we you're right we were keen to just build things and and code and all the yeah. fun stuff uh but <laughs> but uh we when looking at this problem we figured out that the best or the way to um have a biggest impact was to to go through the creating a new type of insurance uh, product and to do that and to do it in a way that was different to what exists uh, today or existed at that uh, that moment we didn't want to just like put on a nice user interface on top of some old insurance Mm -hmm. product. so we decided that we wanted to or create or that we needed to create an insurance company, which uh, is a scary thought. At first. I was going to say that sounds you... pretty bold. <laughs> yeah, no, like, like one of my co-founders in particular was like, what are you talking about? How do you create an insurance company? That, that's not something that it's not like a corner store that you just go and start." <laughs> yeah um but um we we did our research and set out to do that and to touch back on what you were saying about uh fundraising and ha- having like nice sounding backgrounds uh in our pitch deck the way to do it is you need a bunch of money up front before you can sell anything or before you have any proof points around the, the anything working because you cannot uh, like do it the other way around. Um, so to your point of, yeah, I heard the, the, Pitch Tech had that, those nice backgrounds of the three founders, but we were looking to raise uh, a significant amount of money and we were looking to do it in a market uh, or, or in a place uh, which was Mexico, which isn't uh, exactly the, the tech uh, or focus point or wasn't at that time. Um, so I think it evened out and it, it, in the end we were managed or we, we together a, a seed round which was a very a, we're very pleased with, with that a lot like a, we got Asset Ventures which is a, one of the or, or the leading firm a, a VC firm in Latin America and we got Rivet Capital which is a worldwide household name in terms of uh, FinTech and uh, wow. insurance and uh, and all that, and um, so we, we were super pleased with how that came together, um, and and we we did it. We started the process to create a, a insurance company, but that took uh, like a long while. It took uh, almost two years to from, from when we filed the initial thing to when we issued our first uh, insurance policy. Um, so so it was long, but uh, in parallel to that, we were building, which was exactly how uh, like, as you said, what we uh, really enjoyed uh, <laughs> doing. <laughs> um, and what we built is um, essentially um, um, a, a healthcare plan that, that covers everything from, you know, the first moment that you have, um, some symptom and you might want to talk to a doctor uh, that uh, that looks or, or the way that that shows the, in, in the product is that we built a telemedicine service um, that, that's built into the insurance plan. So, so uh, the first uh, at the first moment you want to talk to a doctor, you just open the app and uh, start a video consult. Uh, and a few minutes later, uh, like a doctor will be on screen talking to you and guiding you to to what's next. Um, But uh, another big component of what we built is uh, navigating the the healthcare system is hard. So we built a a customer support system, which is very prominent in the the app. We call it Los Sabios, which uh, uh, translated to English means something like the wise ones or something like that. it it sounds it it sounds less pompous yeah sure um we
0: we don't have the prettiest of languages or the most artistic i don't think compared to other nations but (laughs) (laughs) uh that's funny (laughs) but um then um
1: uh, these folks and this team uh is is there to guide you through your healthcare journey so if after the initial uh Uh, telemedicine consult with with the with one of uh, our doctors what you need to do is to go to a specialist or to go to a facility to get a a lab test or something Uh, this team will guide you uh, to uh, what what are the necessary things that you need to to think of and they they will manage a a bunch of the logistics uh, all in order to to make this this process that is uh, sometimes very confusing and, and not clear to the end, end user, yeah. uh, as easy as it can be, um, and then uh, it's it's the insurance component of it, um, which is uh, like if you end up going to a hospital and, and, and the, the bill is 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 large, uh, then. Uh, it's included in the service or in the healthcare plan that, sure. the, that the insurance kicks in uh, and covers the cost and, and makes wow. that episode more manageable.
0: Well, for, I mean, firstly, congratulations, because I think what you've achieved is, is frankly, outrageous. Like, you've done it. You built the insurance company, first of all. I mean, secondly, to actually have, it's, a, it's an insurance company with its own telemedicine platform which you've built which again is incredible but then also like a like a patient guidance or or flow support or whatever you want to call that extra bit that helps them through the system and it it's so uh, just hits me in the face that you've solved the problem end to end for people like you haven't just gone in at one of those three things you've literally just appreciated that the big problem to solve was the insurance problem which actually benefits not only the individuals, but you'd argue the society and and everything else to do with, with the way that the country manages healthcare. But, you know, also the bits within that, that are going to be sticking points, you know, the practical ability to see a doctor is solved with telemedicine, the practical how to's of, you know, how to flow through the system are solved with the flow management, which then is only going to mean that then your insurance product actually gets more customers at the end. Right. Because essentially in order for them to to, in order for you guys to make the money from from the insurance element and those patients have to be seen through and so you're almost incentivized to to make it easy for people to go through um did you have it in mind that it was always going to be the insurance products plus these other things or did you kind of or i suppose are you still looking at the problems to solve even within what you're doing
1: um, I, I think from the first moment we set out to do this, uh, and when we decided that the insurance path was the one we wanted to take, we we appreciated how how powerful or how uh, deep having that insurance foundation could be. Yeah. Um, and and um, one of the aspects that you you touched on, but I'd love to double click is the the incentives one because yeah because uh, you, you mentioned uh, that you're incentivized uh, for care to be delivered but but I think one underappreciated uh, incentive in healthcare is uh, that, that if put it at the center it can be very powerful is that on a long enough timeline uh, an insurance company is in financially incentivized to, to uh, have people be healthier. Correct. Uh, Correct. Because if if at the end of the day they if people don't get sick, or if they do get sick, uh, it is a milder uh, illness uh, that costs less money to the insurance company. Yeah. And and what what I think is not uh, done enough or not explicitly said enough is uh, the time frame uh, element to that because. Um, Sometimes these is uh, the savings will manifest years down the line, mm-hmm. um, and not uh, immediately. But that uh, that incentive uh, link exists even uh, regardless. So one thing uh, that we're bringing very explicit uh, in how we think about uh, the business that we're building is that. We want to uh, minimize the lifetime cost of care of, of, of any of our uh, users because that, it, it, when you frame it like that, then you're financially incentivized to perhaps invest uh, a lot today, or, or what seems to, or, uh, to be a lot of, of yeah. resources today, uh, to be preventive and to focus on, on keeping. People healthy and, and, and just think that might seem expensive today, but uh, if you uh, plot it in a long enough timeline, those things actually will uh, seem like a, like a steal in in terms of uh, return of investment in 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 value being delivered to patients mm-hmm. and just like savings to to the insurance company. So that's uh, that's the other. On top, uh, like besides or, or alongside the the element of integrating everything, as you were saying, uh, the, the other deep uh, reason why we love or, or what, uh, why we want to do insurance as the foundation uh, is because of that incentive and that uh, link existing. And we want to exploit it as much as possible to, to just make ourselves... Think that in the long term of people's healthcare because that ultimately is aligned with people's health, um, and and we believe that if we you build something around that notion. Uh, it's it's something that that's super valuable for society, and you'll eventually benefit from that.
0: I completely agree. I, I do think all the incentives are, are aligned so nicely. And I, I'm just I'm just curious, like for you guys that are so numbers based, and I imagine you get quite a lot of kicks from seeing the, you know, the numbers of the insurance company element. But I also think you, you guys, you guys must want to keep building, right? You, you've got the telemedicine component. You've got the component that allows people to flow through the system. Are you thinking of any other features that can sit within, your essentially you know, end-to-end healthcare product, which is what it is mainly. Do you guys think in that way of other things that you could do to streamline it?
1: Yes, I think one of the big ideas that we have uh, on our minds right now is how to uh, build tailored solutions for different, uh, different healthcare conditions. Um, you might not know it, but uh, diabetes is actually super widespread in Mexico, uh, obesity is also like a big problem. Okay. Um, and, and the way insurance treats those is that, okay, you have that, uh, if you want insurance, it's going to cost you more and that's it. Uh, but that solution seems too simplistic and not yeah. going at the, at the uh, root cause of, of of the issue uh, and what we want to do, and it connected to what I was saying about the incentives being uh, connected, is uh, we want to create, or we're working in creating um, dedicated uh, plans uh, for uh, these type of conditions. So let's say uh, you have a, a problem with obesity, uh, then us in, instead of just like selling you uh, more expensive insurance, uh, we uh, we're gonna, I, uh, uh, we're gonna sell you a plan that, uh, yes, has the insurance component to it, but uh, crucially, one that we see a possible intervention uh, that we can uh, facilitate uh, for the patient to improve their healthcare condition, uh, so that uh, the person is healthier at the end of the day, and we. Uh, observe a uh, um, financial benefit at the other end to, to tie the incentive again. So, in the case of something like obesity, we're gonna have a plan that includes uh, con- uh, l- like consults with the nutritionist and uh, just like build uh, that experience very integrated with the insurance. Obviously, these uh, visits with the nutritionist uh, would be included in the insurance. Yeah. At, at, at the end of the day, if a person manage, uh, does get healthier, that represents a saving uh, savings for them, uh, but also for us. So we're going to share those. Uh, so that for this person that enrolled uh, in this program, they would see two main benefits. One, uh, they got a, an insurance uh, plan that helped them uh, manage that condition. Uh, if they did manage it and they did, did did the work, to manage that condition, they're gonna see their insurance costs reduced. Um, so it's a double whammy for them because they're healthier and they have to pay less for their insurance. And uh, at the same time, we're having a, a positive impact on our insurance business model.
0: Yeah, so definitely. that's
1: the direction that we're building. And we're gonna be building uh, kind of condition by condition just uh, creating these uh, focused plans and and offering people uh, a better way to take, manage those conditions
0: yeah definitely and it's it's interesting to me i suppose there's a lot of people that will be listening from the uk that you know we have our state system as you mentioned and the the opposite to that or or you know a, a different way of doing things is the insurance system like you've described and whilst you'd always need that safety net for people that wouldn't be able to afford it and obviously all the political issues with it it those aside it's interesting to me the incentives that are created in an insurance system like you've described and you know particularly the way that you've set your company up and the way that you think about this in terms of being or, or, or you know being of the opinion that at the end of the day the healthier that people become the the greater the financial incentives for everybody uh, involved and the greater health benefits involved for the patient it's it's interesting to me then obviously that you're then going disease specific and saying well we can we can think in, in what i'd consider quite a modern way of thinking about nutritionists and you know all those different things that aren't necessarily here have simvastatin or here has some clopidazole or you know whatever it is um it's it's a different way of doing things uh, i'm i'm curious in mexico is what you're doing becoming the new normal or is what you're doing quite new innovative and or disruptive
1: um i, I think it's it's quite new uh there there is insurance there is health insurance, but it's typically very centered around the financial aspect of it. So it's like you see that in that the top five health insurance providers also sell car insurance and uh, house insurance and all (laughs) types of different products. So they're not tailored to uh, the very particular nature of of, uh, health insurance. Um, We do see um, uh, some incumbents uh, doing uh, a lot more in in terms of integrating uh, more uh, around the healthcare journey. Uh, For example, Bupa is launching here or has launched and is uh, uh, integrating more with some providers, uh, which at the end of the day is awesome. I I think um, if... uh, in five years' times, we look at this moment and say, oh, yeah, remember when? before that health insurance used to be like these financial thing. but now the expectation is, you know, your health insurer will uh, give you a holistic healthcare experience. Mm-hmm. And that'd be a, an amazing place to be, a, I think, a much better place for, for Mexican society to be in
0: yeah definitely so what's the future for you guys what are you guys looking at at the moment whereabouts are you as a company have you have you got good scale in mexico now are you looking for more people to sign up whereabouts are you and what's the future
1: um we actually uh, as i mentioned the, the creating the insurance company was a lengthy endeavor <laughs> quite, uh, we- took quite a while yeah <laughs> Yeah, so, so we launched the the, the product uh, actually just a, a few weeks back. Um, oh wow! We we're signing up. Yeah, yeah. No, we we're we signing up customers, and we have a a long list of of people that have shown interest uh, in product, uh, but we're being a uh, like let's say mindful or careful about how how uh, fast we want to to add new customers uh, just to because our priority is to offer a great experience throughout these journeys, And obviously at first there, there's, uh, there are things to iron out and and the like. So, so uh, we're focusing on that. Um, And for the future, uh, our company mission uh, is to improve the way millions of people uh, take care of of their health in Spanish, obviously. Um, And that, that word the millions is is key because uh, it, it's quote unquote, easy to provide a better experience uh, uh, for um, a few people a few hundred people or something, sure. but really our ambition is to to have that level of impact in the millions of people um, and that's not constrained necessarily to to uh, to mexico We see a lot of um, cultural similarities uh, uh, across Latin America. So we definitely uh, are thinking, uh, perhaps not immediately, but we, it's definitely on our minds and um, which other Latin American countries we could go in into. Um, and that's uh, really what we want to achieve to, to create a better solution for millions of people that, uh, that want to Take better
0: care of their health. Amazing. So, uh, we're I mean, we're about to wrap up, but is is there anything that you would like to ask of our audience? Obviously, we've got listeners all around the world, and shout out to the listeners in Mexico, by the way. I had a quick look before we uh, jumped on this, or so in fact, I think you were on the call, wasn't you, when I when I looked? And. Uh, Mexico is about a quarter of the way down the list of 100-odd countries. So we do have a fair few listeners in Mexico, so hello to those. But have you got anything to ask those listeners in Mexico, or indeed anybody around Latin America, or, or anywhere, really?
1: Um, that's, that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, if anyone listening to this uh, has some thoughts or, or things that uh, have rang similar to things happening in other geographies or um, things that they thought, oh, you know, that uh, Sophia reminded me of this, which is happening in, I don't know, Indonesia or any other country. Uh, And if they're keen to to talk about it, uh, I'd love to hear it. So uh, yeah, uh, uh, feel free to reach out and i am be super interested in in exchanging point of views of uh, how healthcare is evolving
0: around the world. Amazing. And for those people, or indeed the people in Mexico, what's the best way for people to get in touch with either you or the company? Um, for
1: the company, it's their website, Uh And for me, I'm on Twitter and on LinkedIn, uh, Arturo Sanchez Correa Arturo Sacco on Twitter um, so feel free to, to reach out
0: and I'd love to talk Amazing Arturo it's been an absolute pleasure having you on it's, uh, it's been a bit of back to basics for me this I've really enjoyed it it's, it's proper early doors of health tech startup although perhaps not so early doors when you're building an insurance company you seem like veterans <laughs> already because you've been building for so long and getting your your ducks in a row <laughs> everything like that but <laughs> um yeah it's been a pleasure having you on dude I, as i say I, I i love hearing your backgrounds the way that you've come together to to build this thing it's it's no mean feat building any company uh, you know jonathan from machine medicine was on this a, f- a few weeks ago and said you know if you're building a company it's it's just as difficult you know trying to start a fish and chip shop than it is trying to build a health tech company so you might as well try and do the thing that that fills you with joy or you know gives you that happiness or or you know is your calling and i think for you you know the aim of solving this problem which is a problem globally for millions of people as you said i think is a really honorable way to way to go and and i hope i hope you do it man i really do and definitely keep us updated we'll get you back on in in another two years and see uh see how far you've got but um yeah until then dude i wish you all the best of luck
1: yeah no thanks james it was a pleasure uh, and i 100% agree with that sentiment